amazing show this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Man, it is Friday. We got three musical performances from Nick. He does a Broadway number. He did a uh, heavy metal song, and then he actually read Marin Altman's crypto astrology tweet with some psychic music in the background in character. What a performance from Nifty Nick today. Amazing show. We talk about Artifact's recent drop. We talk about the crypto technicals. We talk about uh, some of the big projects like Moonbirds, some of the mean projects like uh, Potatoes. Uh, NFT Worlds is discussed again. Also, we bring some new speakers up. It's just a good show overall. As usual, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFT Morning Show. Today's Friday. Let's close out the week strong. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., where we talk all things NFT market, trade talk, what projects are hot, what shit is not, and everything in between. I'm P.O. I'm here with my co-host, Nifty Nick Signal, Captain Kicks, Easy Eats Bodega. We got Depeche Node and Quad on stage. Always a jam with this squad of speakers. You know we got a lot to talk about. We're sponsored by FTX. Sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Before we go any further, Nifty Nick, how you doing? Well, uh, well, P.O., I'll tell you. It's been quite the morning over here, hanging out. Yesterday, you invited me to Broadway to check out and go enjoy the show. The entire time that we were down on Broadway, Bill, I wanted to be home trading crypto. You see, yesterday, you invited me to Broadway to check out and go enjoy the show. The entire time that we were down on Broadway, I wanted to be home trading crypto. Hey, have you seen the price of Ether BTC? It's just going up, it's so crazy. Yesterday I sold a bot back in, it's truly making my head spin. Yesterday you invited me to Broadway to check out and go enjoy the show. So how are you doing there, P.O.? Well, I'm doing all what? right. I didn't know you were going to be doing a musical number for me, buddy. What's going on over there? Well, a lot of things are going up. A lot of things are going down. And I don't know which way to go. Uh, well, it's been quite confusing for me as well. You know, I haven't figured it out. But here I am, making single-digit thousands, trading crypto. It sounds pretty good. Hey, thanks. But just want to say thanks again for inviting me down onto Broadway. Anytime. It was quite the show. I agree. Thank you. Dude, Nick, you're a fucking legend, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, that, I literally, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, like the most. Ever, ever. That was incredible. That was incredible, dude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, shout out to one of our listeners for hitting me and Nick with tickets to Billy Crystal's Broadway show, Mr. Saturday Night. We went out there and, uh, you know, I, I clearly Nick was inspired. Uh, what I was saying to Nick is like, yo, it's just good. Like there were good seats. It's just good to go and see people really fucking put it all out there. Like, <laughs> let, let me tell you, they are not dogging it on Broadway. 
So whatever whatever you do out there in the world, whatever your job is, you know, I see professional athletes in the crowd. I see people that are full-time crypto guys. I see people that I know that work in the music industry. Whatever you do, fucking go all out because on Broadway, they're fucking going all out. Like Billy Crystal is not half-ass in that show. But I'm, I'm that was amazing. Like, that was fucking absolutely hilarious. How long did that take you to run? <laughs> Uh, I was just riding on the bike. It was sort of similar to the one the other morning with uh, going uh, nuts with the heavy metal. Um, you know, you just ride on the bike and you make up some uh, lyrics there, you know. Some call me a, a, a lyrical genius. Uh, it literally, it was like eight sentences. Uh, I, can't, I, I mean, what did I say there? I said we went to Broadway and I wish I was home trading crypto, uh, which was true because I kept checking the fucking price and I've just been so disappointed because, man, I butchered this trade just butchered it. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have not made money, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been tough in these uh, ETH BTC streets. I was following uh, the uh, the crown into uh, these trades, put it all on BTC, switched it all over. I mean, uh, no one would say that that's a good idea in general. Like that's just uh, not proper diversification. But here I am uh, doing it like that. I'm sort of curious. Uh, I was sitting here just being like, well, the king must be correct. Captain, uh, sorry, king. Maybe, I'm just downgraded him to captain. Fuck it. <laughs> After this uh, ETH BTC move, very disappointed. Very disappointed. How are you doing there, uh, King Kicks? Did you, uh, did you uh, go heavily on BTC as well? Nah, dude, uh, that's a stupid move, man. I'm all in ETH. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I didn't follow the exact thing that I was like passionately articulating on the show. No, 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 but, but, but here, here's the thing: is what you're what you're confusing is that you think I said like Bitcoin only for like a extended period of time. I literally said Bitcoin is going to be the one to move next, and it was the one to move next. Uh, it moved up faster than Ethereum, like Monday through Wednesday, and now it's uh, and now it's lagging behind. But I mean, you're spot on, 100. percent That ETH is the is the strongest right here. I mean, it's even uh, you know like beating out you know most of the alts. I think Matic started the week at like just shy of a dollar, and it's down at like 91 cents, right? Versus you know ETH has made like another 10 percent. Um, you know, leg up. Um, so like compared to almost every token out there, I think ETH is um, continuing to, to win. And I'm not sure if that's, uh, if that's like, you know, merge related or just, you know, general bullish flows. The only wow. exception I saw was that ApeCoin did have a good 24 hours. It, it made a move up to like 680. Um, pull two poly did a tweet where he was like, Oh, y'all, uh, y'all got it wrong. Because uh, you weren't looking at the ETH BTC chart because there's no such thing as an ETH BTC maxi. Um, but it's either an ETH or a BTC maxi. Uh, and he posted this chart basically just showing uh, that this is part of the ongoing uh, trend of it ranging in this area. Uh, well, I don't know about a flippening. Like if it surges, it'll be like, you know, the all-time high is around like 0 0.15, 0 0.16 BTC. So flipping is quite ambitious, um, but I think it was just interesting um, to see that 
I, well, and Nick, I may be completely wrong on this uh, theory, but it feels to me like Bitcoin trades more like NASDAQ QQQ. Ethereum trades more like a growth stock. Um, and, you know, you've you've seen you can see kind of the differences in like movements up. Cause I've had like days where, um, you know, NASDAQ is down, Apple's down or whatever. Um, but like my growth tech stocks are up and I've seen the same with like Bitcoin and Ethereum. I mean, at the end of the day, they just trade differently. And, um, I mean, I definitely understand the narrative around, uh, Ethereum right now, but guess what I have in my hands right now. It rhymes with better Laporte. Would you like to hear it? Well, I definitely want to hear it. Uh, we dove into some market talk. We got to throw the kicks for the weather report, but I haven't even greeted our other co-host, Signal. How are you? Yeah, morning, folks. And Nick, I've got to say, that was an absolute fire intro. The rhythm, the tapping, and the dancing. Like, it's uh, not as easy. You, you make it look easier than it is. So, I like that you said that, that I was funny. literally tap dancing out here. Well, I was. Uh, I was tap dancing. Like, I was I thinking about it while I was practicing in the shower this morning. I was seeing myself holding one of those uh, sticks and uh, kick, <laughs> and kicking you have a my leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> top hat was part of it. Uh, whatever that alt, alt tuxedo is. Yeah, I was I was kind of uh, prepared for that. May maybe somewhere down the road. No, I absolutely loved it. And the, so the one more funny thing that I was chuckling away at yesterday was people complaining on Twitter about the artifact mint and having to queue. And I was like, wow, Americans really don't like to be in lines because I could just imagine all the British holders being like, excuse me, is this the queue? Ah, yes, just 20 <laughs> minutes? No, 17. Okay, fine, just join the Bigle. line. Okay. I completely agree <laughs> I with that. It, you know what, Signal? It's absolutely bullcrap that they did it this way. You know how they should have done it instead? They should have done it like other deets. You know what I mean? It should have been just a straight two-week gas <laughs> war. Just crank everything up, lose millions of dollars. You know what I mean? What are these guys trying to do over here with a Q system, fucking idiots? I, 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 I just thought that was so like, yeah, I like like other deeds is like American, like, you, you know, the capitalist system. You got to fight your way to the top and whoever has the most money is the big dog. While the British, they're like, we are civilized people. We will kill to the bank to get our money. <laughs> and that was Artifacts Mint yesterday. I, I mean, Kix was complaining. I saw people being like, ah, oh, oh, you uh, um." How, how long do I have to wait? 14 minutes. Yeah. So that was me chuckling away yesterday. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I, I suspected that English people love to queue uh, because when I was in London, you know, going to the good restaurants like Padella in uh, London Bridge by Bora Market, uh, you got to queue for, for days for that because all the Londoners are like, yeah, they're, they're jazzed up to queue. Uh, so, so you confirmed my suspicion, Sig. In, in Signal, if someone cuts like if, if someone cuts in line in the UK, or is everyone too proper to call them out? Or yeah, they are. They are. They just give like angry eyes, like really like judgmental eyes. Um, I'm the opposite. I'll just call them out and be like, "Yo, there's a line." I'm Sig, here. don't play. <laughs> no, I don't play. I don't play. I've been waiting patiently. I'm civilized. You go behind me. That's, That's right. how I do. That's how I do lines. That's what I like to hear. Well, look, we've been we we're uh we got some people waiting in line for the weather report right now. So the the regal uh master himself, King Kicks, can you take hold on, it away? Hold on, hold on, Pio. Hold on. This is that that was a very lame introduction for the <laughs> uh, we, we got spicy node, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, node. All right, I'm just out here rocking my Moonbirds fanny pack. 
<laughs> Matthew from the Mountain West. And Captain Kicks, King Kicks, deserves a proper intro. Let me give it to you. Yo, toss it up, big dog. <laughs> Hit him, no. I said one, two, three. It's the king of NFTs. Ready to rock that weather report and bring it to your knees. He's got Moonbirds and Meebits, and he's got a few charts up his sleeves. Just ask Jeeves. Big Mac D guy, sushi roll trades. Built on cannon to the phallus, ace of spades. So bow down and get your royal fix. I'd like to introduce King Kicks. Let's go! <laughs> Yo, photon wow. cannon to the phallus! Wow, we got <laughs> we got some grown men deciding they want to perform this morning. <laughs> Clearly, Node prepared that. So we, <laughs> we didn't talk. Nah, man, that was just straight. That was just straight freestyle. That was freestyle and improv <laughs> that was, right there from that was just from Node. Pure improv, dude. Oh my goodness! Well, I I what a morning. Uh, King kicks. Forget my intro. Node's intro was all you needed. Holy shit. Nodes right now, we're about halfway between our virtual handshake, dude. We're just dapping it up. We'll slap here, a little fist bump. We'll twist you with the fingers, dude. We're straight home. He's chest bump at the end. Just hit it right there. All right, let's get into the weather report. <laughs> that was, that was, you're going to do a little uh, foot tap first and a, a knee a knee tap, a little butt. Well, we, butt, we do the foot tap, tap with like a 360 spin inside leg. You'd probably... Okay. You probably pull something, so just watch the first. <laughs> I did times. this morning, actually. Okay, continue. It's okay, just stretch it out, bro. Uh, Friday, the twenty second of July. Today's weather report: Open Sea volume actually up a little bit. Got above twenty million dollars. It was sitting down in the fifteen to sixteen million dollar range all week. Little breakout right there. Love to see it. We got apes at ninety three. Franklin sold one, so he removed all of them at the floor. Mutants at 17, Punks at 79, slight dip from 83, Moonbirds hanging around just shy of 22 ETH, we got Doodles at 11, and Clone X brutally down at a 9.4. Um, uh, let's, look, uh, let's look ahead to what is leading the OpenSea rankings, uh, real high quality project called Potatoes. It was a free mint. It happened during our show yesterday, and it has a floor price of 0.59. It's from one of those weird websites where they share weird stuff that you probably don't want saved on your computer. Floor price, hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands, depending on how you do the math. Moonbirds revealed their silver nesting rewards. Holders received socks and fanny packs. Sentiment from holders... Uh, wasn't positive in Moonbirds pullback from 27 to 22. They were actually already pulling back a decent amount, but definitely there's some negative sentiment. It's mostly from uh, people that own the uh, NFTs from the mega corporation that rules the world. Um, I think they prefer to pay for their clothing instead of getting it for free. Um, and also it shows that most people don't understand the difference between the nesting rewards and the roadmap of Moonbirds. But it's all good. Let's go over and look at 10KTF. A lot of excitement going around there. They did a little tease with Wagmi Sun walking around a city that, if I'm being honest with you, kind of looked like other Deeds-esque a little bit. But, I mean, all rumors there. We'll have to see what happens. But there's also some additional news for Gucci Grail holders. So as a result, Gucci Grail's pumped up a little bit. That floor is sitting at 1.2 E. Clonex is facing FUD from the community after they gave allow list to clone and Genesis dunk holders, but capped the supply at 8888. 
and made holders queue to mint. The market reacted. Clones fell from 10 ETH to 9 ETH overall overnight, and AR hoodie is 0.37. So in summary, people that owned NFTs got mad that they didn't get free money. Over to the crypto side, Bitcoin, 23.6K. ETH hanging around above 1,600, just feeling real good, up 8% in the last 24 hours. That's it for the weather report. Back to you in the studio. Fantastic weather report. Great to hear that 10KTF Gucci Grail. We got something coming on that front. I always like to hear that. Some other market updates to mention. We had Jonah Blake, the master researcher, and that's not an exaggeration, the master researcher of the video game space on the show yesterday. And he was mentioning the uh, other, or excuse me, the Minecraft news uh, concerning uh, NFT worlds. And it has come out that officially Epic Games CEO announced that they definitively will not be following Minecraft's lead and banning NFTs. So that's a big deal. Uh, something else is Zeneca, you know, issued a response to the community, basically explaining that there will not be, uh, you know, compensation to victims of the hack because he wishes to shift the narrative and the responsibility back on the individual. Uh, I am definitely on his team with that one. At the end of the day, you do have to operate responsibly and crypto clearly has a ton of landmines um and yeah i mean other than that i mean look these potatoes are the story of the space over the past 24 hours however they are down in floor price from when where they were at when we discussed them on the show yesterday that was the initial pump i was pinging quad about that and that was before everything got minted out so it was a really strong pump but they the full supply hadn't hit the market yet nick you unmuted was there something you wanted to add I mean, it's an interesting threat from Zeneca, I guess, uh, just on this um, putting the responsibility on the individual. It, it's true. I, yeah, I've had other people uh, DM me and say I gave thousand. We ended up with there's a couple fake nifty portal accounts on Instagram, on Twitter. <laughs> there's Twitter one running amok right now. Like there's one that's at large right now, like hitting people up about sponsorships and taking their money. But yeah, there's, there's multiple, there, there's nifty Nick ones. I'm sure there's PO. Um, but the, uh, and, and, and Nick, just to give people a quick perspective, 95% of those accounts are run by like little shithead teenagers. Just close your eyes and think of just like a little shithead teenager that needs to get punched. That's most of the scammers in this space. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I've definitely done an analysis on these anonymous people and uh, have come to this. No, one of them tried to scam my old company and I uh, tracked them down and I called their phone number and you could just oh, tell wow. that I could just there smell it. I could just smell their shitheadness through the phone. There was somebody <laughs> the other day uh, I saw who actually did track down a scammer and called his mom, and the mom <laughs> reimbursed them after the person had like gone into one of these. I rest my case. Money. <laughs> I rest my case. But um, it, it what I was saying is it is quite a situation that there's a lot of people that can be DM'd and scammed into this stuff. And the bigger issue, I mean, really the responsibility in my opinion falls on a Twitter who makes it insanely difficult um, to report these things when people's money uh, is just being straight up stolen. Like I, I've sent a message and I've been rejected. They're like, you have provided insufficient proof. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I, I guess I don't give a shit then. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, report these people. Whereas like, if you're the one who's being, um, uh, like 
copied or whatever, or someone's trying to impersonate you, then it's it becomes a heavier or bigger hurdle for you to uh, block them. Whereas if you get 10 people to report them, then uh, the likelihood of that person being blocked goes way up. I partially understand the logic there is you don't want a, a situation like YouTube, which is known for having like uh, literal like accounts just being shut down or uh, videos being taken uh, offline without any proof or verification. And they're not being like, you know, uh, a more official procedure that people have to go through. Uh, they bias it towards the, the person being um, who says, hey, this person's stolen my stuff. But it, it, yeah, I mean, you need two things. You need individuals to be more conscious of uh, security issues. I had someone, one of the people that was hacked, send me, sent me a message and was like, well, then can you give us a promotion since we were hacked? And I was like, we don't even do those promotions. Like someone spent months working with somebody to say that they were going to build a custom YouTube video for them and like just slowly taking money from them and being like, oh man, we need more money for production. Some ridiculous thing. And essentially stole like $10,000 from this person. And I felt awful, but I'm like, what? If, if we were going to do something every time that that happens, like we would go broke, like we would run out of money and, and it would become like an opportunity for now. Uh, like we, we just can't afford to insure uh, people on that. So I do agree, but it feels weird wording it in that way to be like blame the victims, I guess, which is kind of how it came across. Yeah, and we got Eddie on stage who comes from uh, Zeneca's camp. I, I don't know if you have a, a comment. Um, yeah, just wanted to throw to you quickly. You requested to speak. I figure it's on this matter. Yeah, it's it's essentially like this is a really difficult situation. And it's hard to like kind of test where, or kind of point to where things are coming from here. Um, at least on Zeneca's side, he's a little bit concerned specifically regarding the Gordon Goner and Yuga Labs tweets that they seem to know something's up, either whether it's on Twitter side or some kind of security issue where they've pointed for the last month to potentially some level of inciting or other kinds of odd security risks. Either way, um, he's ordering a Yubico key, which I believe Justin Taylor or some, some other major employees of Twitter um, are recommending because it's just apparently like the best hardware uh, security thing. But it's just like... Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to point to because he had Google Auth, cert, like definitely on. Like he had Google Auth two-factor authentication definitely on. And then the same week, I think also Keyboard Monkey, I think, uh, was hacked yesterday as well. So there's a lot of weird, fishy risks happening. Um, just like be safe. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you're talking about when you you're talking about a UB uh, UB key. So that is a physical security device. They have them for phones and for computers. I mean, that's like a legit thing. If you don't know about, uh, you know, that whole kind of like security angle, you definitely should. I didn't know about it until I like worked at a, a big tech company because they they swear by them. That's actually the easiest for you as a user because you just press a button or you physically take the key and, and put it against your phone. So it's easier than like opening the, you know, authenticator app and copying the code and pasting it. It's quicker. And it's actually the, the best because the hacker would have to be in your house to hack you. And I don't know about you, but I'm not inviting them into, into my house. Signal has her hand raised. What's going on? 
Yeah, I was just going to say on this point, like, um, I think people need to realize that in 90% of the scams, it's actually the human beings that are the single point of failure and not the technology. And these scammers, they're not, they're, they're not hacking the technology, they're hacking the human. And the way they hack the human is just going against our basic psychology. So they're tapping into greed, into urgency. It's all about doing things now, 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 now. And they try and suspend uh, deliberate thought so you're not actually thinking when you're acting and I think as a community and as this space grows we just need to understand like if we're going to be in here then we need to take a deliberate choice of whether we keep our assets with uh, a centralized authority or whether we uh, keep it ourselves and if we choose to keep it ourselves then we like we just have to educate ourselves on how you look after your assets and how you keep them safe and 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 how scammers are going uh, after us. And there's so many good people in this space who give out all this free information telling us how to protect ourselves. Um, like on Twitter, on Twitter, on Spaces, Premint are doing something on July the 22nd. Um, they're doing a, a security spaces with Ledger. And these are the things that I still attend because you know, like you know that you know the scams are going to change, and you need to keep up with how they're doing it. So I would say, like as much as it's fun to be, you know, trading JPEGs and stuff, we always need to pay attention to the security side because it's constantly evolving. Absolutely. Mm. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say that uh, w w there's two things. One, everyone has an obligation to stay as secure as possible, so we do need to uh, do that. The other thing is, is I think it becomes the, the security side is something that becomes productized and sold uh, to the consumer. And I think that's like, you know, Apple, for example, tries to focus on like privacy and uh, the, that I'm, I'm dating myself here. But back in the day, Nextel was like the phone that it was like even the government can't hack into this thing. And I think that there's um, and, and that was more of like uh, focused on privacy. Security is something that inevitably is just sold. And I think that that's a gap. Um, for which, you know, wallet providers in, on the crypto side are able to, I mean, that's what hardware wallets are all about, right? Um, and, that, and that ultimately is how this ends up uh, going down is that, yeah, you need to learn, um, but you also end up needing to, uh, we'll end up relying on uh, the systems that enforce uh, best security practices. I mean, Twitter, for example, should just like, if you have over X number of followers, should like require that you have to like implement specific security features within a given time simply because it just the the, the cost of the exploits are so uh, significant um, and, and it and to me it's also shocking because uh, yeah I, I don't know I still see just so um, like immense responsibility on Twitter's side for a lot of these different things because they have these uh, issues or like these things that are going on, but they've had this for a long time, both with like bots as well, um, just writing fake information. So I don't know. It's just like, they don't seem to give a shit and uh, they, they've never like, you know, focused on it. So I guess we can't rely on it. So like signal saying it, the, the onus is on us uh, for now. Yeah. Let's be real for a second. Twitter couldn't close the deal with Elon Musk, who is legit interested okay in buying well them. No, no, i'm it, serious he was legit interested in buying them a big concern of his was how many bots there were the verification process is incredibly weird i mean uh osf had a tweet one of the fake osf accounts has like ninety thousand followers so you just have and and he has because well, you know, can buy them 
Right. And so he has, I don't know, 120,000 followers. So it's like it's, it almost has the same amount of followers as the real guy. Uh, that would fool me for a second for sure. And so if you don't, you know, if you don't kind of really dig in, then you're going to get fooled. It's not cool. But anyway, moving on from, um, you know, moving on from this. Discussing this artifact Nike hoodie drop. This is the drop from yesterday, correct? That Signal was talking about queuing for and Kix was mad about. This is the hoodie that has a 0.37 ETH floor. It is, what, the second Nike artifact asset, the first being the crypto kicks. Um, so definitely notable. And when you think about metaverse clothing and you kind of look into the future, it's, it's all 10K TF and artifact at this point. Those are the only notable um, angles. Do we compare this to the price of 10K TF hoodies to try to assign value to it? How exactly uh, do we look at this? It's an ERC 1155, so that's different than 10K TF. Anybody have any opinions on this artifact Nike AR hoodie? I think that uh, <clears throat> there's just nothing going on in the NFT space. So people are so bored that um you know stuff like this is like a big deal um you know at the end of the day it definitely wasn't uh, a perfect drop by any stretch of the imagination but if you also have awesome people in your corner like quad who just tells you at a minute via smart contract <laughs> you get to cut the line just like we were talking about in the uk you know people you know look at their eyes at you and you say hey buddy uh too bad you don't have a right to a smart contract you fucking bum um <laughs> That sounds so that, British. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, might. <laughs> might, I meant. I didn't mean bum. I meant might. My bad. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, it's like with these kinds of drops, like how do you want to do it? Do you want to do 8888 just like straight uh, whitelist like gas mode with 30,000 people? Are you going to get more or less complaints if you do it that way? Do you want to do a raffle that people can just multi-wallet and they can take their 25 clone X's and throw them across 25 wallets and have 25 raffle attempts? Like there's no, if there was a way to do these things perfectly, everybody would always be doing them. So there's always going to be whiners no matter which way it goes. Now, yeah, did it like crash and have some lags and all of this stuff, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, of course it did. But let's just go back to the biggest company in the space and let's uh, look at what they did with the other deeds drop, right? Like that's that's an example of like a gas war, right? So like people act like this is in a vacuum and everybody's just been doing perfect drops. And, and then this is like the one drop that hasn't worked out well, which is simply not true. At the end of the day, I go back to just do it via Dutch auction. Just do it via Dutch auction. The best mints I've ever done are Dutch auction. People want to get in a little bit higher and not do a gas war, then you can do that. And there's like game theory with it and everything. I mean, just do a Dutch auction. That's like the only consistent mint that I haven't had an issue with. Yeah, fair. I think if you recall correctly, I think that there was speculation that there was an adjustment to other deed right before the mint, because I think the contract, if you dig into the contract, there actually was a Dutch auction angle coded in there. But if you guys remember, it was right after, you know, the issue that Akutars faced with their proper Dutch auction. So I think that they just wanted to kind of go back to basics, <laughs> albeit the basics were a ridiculous gas war that was like, it was preposterous, honestly, in hindsight, but everybody had a chance to sell for a profit right after that. Um, I want to throw it a node easy. Then we got Justin Fredericks, who has been on the show before, hasn't been on in a long time. Uh, node, what's on your mind? Yeah, I think it's just it's just funny how uh, wildly off, you know, expectations and reality is coming at this point. Like, 
I've, I've been saying this for a little bit, and this is what worries me a little bit about PFP projects is that uh, they're all hitting this point where people are expecting crazy things from their roadmaps. And they're, they're you know, they, they, they can only get disappointed from this point. Like, uh, I, I love how all the apes are talking about like, hey, look at what look at what Yuga did. It's like, well, the, Yuga didn't do anything, uh, really anything majorly different other than the fact that they were so successful that everyone wanted to buy their assets for a higher price. Right. And uh, I, I just think it's kind of it's kind of a bummer because the one there, there, there's a couple there's a couple NFT projects that I would say have done phenomenal uh jobs on the drop mechanics uh one being pixel vault which you know if only I, if only I, if only i wanted to hold those assets that that would be awesome uh they it's like they've done everything everything has been so smooth from the minting and uh all the drops except for the fact that i don't really want to own pixel vault assets and then uh, the other one's azuki man they just keep crushing it in my opinion so uh i may have to buy one again because uh you know they're 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 just executing they've got a cool brand you know you get over the zagabond drama it's bigger than him and uh i don't know i'm getting a little bit more bullish on uh on that azuki life juicy what, what, are they, what are they executing what are they executing well i'm just saying like any of their drops jesse have been flawless like and and they've been smooth like everything was nice uh the the jacket looks pretty dang cool uh and the you know their event was the best one at nft nyc so, you know, that kind of stuff, I guess, is what they've what they've delivered. Any I mean, anything, anything that any other NFT project has delivered, they've just done it nicely. I would yeah. Say. And no, I remember their party in L.A. Like that was one of like the few parties in the NFT space that I've seen that people were like really hyped up about. And it and it like seemed like it was a really cool time. I, I, I agree with uh, your take note. It's it's funny how that you can't you you can never get a perfect uh package with an nft project right like the ones that are minting perfectly have their own set of baggage and the ones that can't figure it out have their you know different things that they do well um but at the end of the day i think everyone just has to remember like we're early in this space okay this is not like the e-commerce industry that's been around for 25 years yes you can get frustrated if you uh try to buy from an e-commerce website and you're like credit card processing isn't working properly like you can get mad we've been doing nfts as an industry for like a year so we need a little bit of time to smooth out the edges i agree uh you know look it remains to be seen what happens with azuki but obviously they are holding a high floor if you look at how much an azuki is worth right now and look node is the first person on this show to kind of express bullishness uh i don't fade node we'll see what exactly he's yeah. And Pio, you, yeah. uh, Pio, what was the what was one of the best drops you recently took part in, and it's probably in the next blue chip project. One of the I I, I don't have nothing comes to mind, man. Table rigs, exactly. Good stuff, <laughs> man. I'm with you on that. That's a decent one. I'm going to throw to Easy, then throw to Justin Fre uh, Fredericks. Easy, you put your hand down. Did you still have something on your mind? Yeah, it was going to just be around the Dutch auction stuff, but then the conversation kind of pivoted. So uh, Lay it on us, man. No, I was just thinking because and, and, and hold on, everyone, everyone. <laughs> Easy is full time Web three. Can we get some action in the chat? That, that, Can we that, get some hoorah on the stage? Hoorah! That, that is true. I actually forgot about that. I was about to do an announcement sound, but uh, the king here just was like, "I'm just fucking going. I'm just well, yeah. sending it." 
it just shows how fast this space moves is that that was yesterday and it literally feels like it was a week ago. We already talked about it on Easy's show. So my brain like forgot that we haven't done a show in between Easy going full time. So obviously we got to give him a little celebration. Here, here's my simple one. Nick, if you got sound effects, uh, hit, hit him right easy. now. Well, easy. I got front run, so I'm, I'm not ready yet. But uh, Easy, let, let's just announce it. P.O. now reports... Uh, to uh, sorry, <laughs> easy. No, yeah. P- report P.O. To reports easy. to me. Easy reports to P.O. This is how. No, I'm just kidding. Shut the fuck uh, up. <laughs> what, you see how triggered P.O. is? That's <laughs> no, that's a joke. Dude. Um, he reports to me, so uh, it's a full circle here. It's great. Can I report to Easy, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we have a train that's going, and it's a dance party that's going on here. Okay, talking. that was what was going on. Yeah. Uh, well, and now, now it makes sense. Uh, so he's getting paid for it. I was we lost you, Justin. What, oh. what Justin. Wow, you're just chopping up. He had because he's in the Discord. He doesn't go with four minutes. Uh, all right, I might have to. Uh, Jesse, 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 Jesse. You're excessively breaking up, Jesse. I know now what you're. Now he's were, gone. Uh, now he's gone. So what Jesse was saying, the joke was what job did Easy have that allowed him to be in the Discord literally 24-7 and on Twitter spaces absolutely nonstop? And the answer is a real job. Easy's just a fucking monster and just goes 24-7 because he's got a legit-ass motor. And a lot of you, uh, a lot of everybody in this room listening could take something from uh, from that. And if you want to fucking go full-time Web3, you have to go extremely hard well, every day for a long time. Are you talking time. shit about me, PL? It's BGJ right now. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it's pretty clear that uh, uh, Easy made the wrong decision here. He should have just kept that job going and uh, <laughs> make make a hell lot more until like the real name of the game is just stop showing up until you're fired. Like that that's the way that you handle Dude, it. I people. tried that and they just kept telling me good job, so <laughs> I had to make a decision at some. No, point. No, that's literally well. Then why wouldn't you just keep doing going and just collect <laughs> cash? I was thinking about doing that at Robin Hood, but I, I just felt bad. Uh, you know, my boss at Robin Hood was like a former Navy guy, such a good guy. I didn't want to leave on I, bad terms. Anyway, I took a different approach where I said, hey, guys, I'm leaving in like eight weeks. And so for eight weeks, I was just an absolute terror in the in, in the meetings <laughs> that uh, they were they were saying uh, uh, literally that every meeting would be like, bye, Nick. Hey, thanks for working here. It was great working with you. And it would just be disruptive to the meeting. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we got Justin Fredericks on uh, on stage with his hand raised. Uh, he's been on the show before. Hasn't been uh, on for a long time. He's the CEO of arthouse.ar. You're also representing UCLA and Harvard Law, trying to do a little institutional education flex. We don't get that every day on this show. Uh, don't you know, Justin, that if you just go to college and follow the rules, you're going to get the diploma? Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously quality education there uh justin what's on your mind yeah so i was uh i just want to make a couple observations about um about the artifact uh air hoodie drop so so first of all uh, we'll disclaimer i you know i've been uh you know collector of, of artifacts in the clone clone ecosystem for a while and and also just a huge fan of nike but so on the drop mechanics so first of all you know this is not a a, a web3 problem and this is you know it's not new to this technology it's and it's been a problem that's kind of already been solved for a long time especially by the sneaker industry and and you know we often i think fall down the trap that if a solution doesn't like uh, uh fix everything like all the bots then then we kind of dismiss it and so 
understanding that, you know, any solution isn't going to solve everything, you know, just basic email uh, sign up lotteries, uh, you know, correlated with wallets, especially in this kind of a drop where it's, you know, not one per wallet, but one per NFT, honestly, is a very low tech solution that would solve all of these problems. Um, and, you know, just have like a, you know, snapshot email uh, sign up lottery associated with a wallet pre-selected x you know a long window to mint and and done with it so i i don't know why that hasn't been done obviously pre-mint you know made that more efficient uh, you know we have uh, you know there are general concerns because of the hacking recently um but that that's any any project could do that pretty easily pretty low cost today um but here's the bigger thing on the actual product i, I actually think the product is one of the most innovative releases we've seen in Web3 to date towards a blended physical meets digital uh, world. So just to be clear what what this is, is this is not just a metaverse wearable. It is a, a physical and digital NFT. So right now it's at an 1155, but if you decide to, in the artifact ecosystem, it's called forging, meaning claim it for a physical, um, it then turns, it transforms, it, or that gets burned, and then you get an, an ERC-721. So you get the purely kind of digital NFT, but then you also get a physical that is, uh, is tracked via NFC technology. So it's tracked back to the NFT plus, um, plus it has digital overlay. So it actually is activated by AR. Um, that AR can be updated over time. So that's how I'll get my yeah. wing so, is so through the, the AR. It's here, not though, in this physical. Is not, this, is, this is why the acquisition <laughs> of Nike by, uh, uh, of Artifact by Nike was so key because Nike has been sitting on a CryptoKicks patent since 2019 that I, I encourage many to read it. You know, we talk about roadmaps. It is the most thorough, quote, roadmap that gives a clear and super ambitious vision into the future. And the CryptoKicks patent doesn't just uh, refer, you know, apply to sneakers. It applies to other product categories. And we're seeing this. So this is the first physical apparel that will uh, turn into a NFT connected digital meets physical uh, piece of article of clothing and the crypto kicks also will have this, you know, functionality later in the future too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, when I brought it up, I wasn't like concerned about the mint mechanic. It's like, it, it wasn't even news. I mean, look, if the other deed mint mechanic was okay, then this is okay. Right. Like other, we kind of swept it under the rug a little bit. I mean, it was just a, a ridiculous gas war. They refunded people that didn't uh, get the NFT, but you just, basically donated a bunch of money, like thousands of dollars to miners if you did uh, complete the other deed gas war. My question with the artifact thing is, is just like, is it current? Is it appropriately priced right now? And do we look at 10 KTF as a price comparison or is that just totally not relevant, right? Because I don't think anybody questions whether artifact is legit in the NFT space. It's it's blue chip at this point. It's literally like one of five projects that's actually legit. I mean, they've been working on it from 2018. They sold it to Nike and they're still just going hard. So anyway, um, yeah, great, great chatting with you then on that, Justin. We got LamboWhale.eth. I believe you've been on the show before. Uh, you have your hand raised. What's going on? What's up, guys? Good morning. Yeah, I've been on the show a couple of times now. I usually bring up the same thing, but this time I wanted to ask a question, if that's all right. Always is. I was muted for a second. Sorry for the dead air. Always yeah. is. Um, so, like, this this question is kind of, like, broad, and it goes back to what we were talking about with Artifact and the Mint Mechanic. But, like, let's just say someone in the audience has a project idea, but 
there's a lot of pressure around like how you do your initial mint and how much hyping up you do because some projects are they're building a following for like two sometimes you saw um the possessed they were building and marketing for six months before the mint like what do you guys think i mean you guys are trading nfts every day like what is your favorite release strategy or and mint mechanic that you've seen so far like if someone in the audience is about to release a project what is the right way to go about it i mean i'll open it up to the speakers i have an opinion uh anybody unmute now that has an oh, opinion yeah. on yeah i'm opinionated uh i'm a huge fan of dutch auctions fair launch protocols and specifically yesterday we saw something on solana called dynamic pricing where the price goes up based on the amount of interactions being sent to the contract so the price moved right out of the gates, went up like 0.2 sol, then ended up cratering down to their low, about an entire Solana lower, before rebounding back up to mint cost throughout. I think the thing that was interesting about this was that the project most likely was not going to sell out at their mint cost price, but this in turn made it so they didn't have to cut supply or cut costs, and they ended up getting more than if they did cut supply or costs because of that fluctuating price. Their target was just under a million. I think they raised 800,000 with the dynamic pricing. If they sold everything at the peak low, it would have been closer to like 600 grand. So it's more like a volume-based scale, and it works well on Solana because now you don't have a ton of transactions spamming the network, whereas something on ETH is like just pay-to-play with gas. So, I mean, I'm still a fan of Dutch auctions, and even more specifically, like a, a whitelisted or list for the wallets that can participate in a Dutch auction. How did that benefit the, the collectors? Easy. Uh, good question. I mean, right now the floor on that project's up like a 2x. So that's like the the big thing here. They all made a profit on it. I bought in at the low. The people who bought in at the original cost are still up on it. Collector-wise, though, I mean, this makes it so that the project has more funds to actually deliver something. So like the dynamic pricing gave them more than like a bare minimum, which now they should be held to, in my opinion, a little bit of a higher standard to actually deliver a product. But at the same time, like it could still rug. So it's it's a tough question. So just to give a little bit of context there, I think Easy, when he's answering that question, he's framing it from the Solana side. Is that is that correct, Easy? Just because I yeah. I know yeah. yeah you you guys are talking about that a lot on Solana. It's actually basically it the primary. It was like the main thing that happened, and it was it worked well. The network didn't crash at all. A lot of people did get fluctuating entry prices, but now it becomes almost like a trade to time that entry. And I didn't even buy the bottom. But I was completely content paying a little bit more just to get in at that point. It was almost like watching a chart and figuring out an entry. And to the project, they raised significantly more than they would have for any kind of negative situation if it did end up going slow or not selling out. So it put this like almost gamified mint process in place that caused, like from a trading standpoint, significantly more people to want to try to get into that play. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, but is this is it possible to even do it effectively the same way on Ethereum? So for ETH, it's like it seems very similar to like a Dutch auction, to be honest. But the thing that was crazy was like the price goes up if a lot of people are trying to buy at the same time. So that's the hard part. Cause like with gas and like a little bit of a longer transaction time, it's difficult to time that. Which is where like I think I'm probably just a bigger fan of like a true Dutch auction where they return the difference that you paid based on the median or lowest price for the ETH side of things. By the yeah. way, just to confirm, for that specific drop, wasn't there a trading embargo on the NFTs themselves until they fully minted out? Yeah. Yeah, you could have gotten in and had a, like a, an ARB op there too. 
Yeah, and so I just want to make sure everyone's framed. Like Solana is a very distinct culture. It's totally different than uh, Ethereum, and it's also coming into its own in a huge way right now. I, I actually think that uh, Solana is probably onboarding, you know, five x, ten x more people right now, and has honestly probably more activity than Ethereum right now. But it is different. Um, Signal has her hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, just on Lambo's question, I think. Um, I, I used to be a fan of Dutch auction until I saw what Pixelmon did, where they took advantage of the environment that it was a bull market and then they added hype and the whole thing was a catastrophe because catastrophe, it was also a rug pull. Um, so on ETH, the best I've seen, it has to be the Pixel Vault coins, where they gave coins to everybody that held a specific NFT. And then what they did was they conducted um, a raffle and you got to mint in waves. So depending on which, so let's say you had coin number five, uh, number five, number 12, and number 15, they said, okay, if you have coin number five, you're going to go in the, in, in the first wave. Uh, if you have uh, a different serial number, you're going to be going in the second wave, the third wave, and the fourth wave. So it was a really fair way, and it was just a lottery on when you minted. And on uh, on the Pixel Vault side, I mean, the community likes to complain a lot. And on that was a one time I never saw the community complain about the way the mint was done. So I, I, I think that's the best one I've seen today. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't say one thing about Pixel Vault that you can't say is you can't say that they've ever fucked anything up from a technical perspective. It's always buttery smooth and it actually seems like it gets better and better. I think the last time I, I engaged with like a Pixel Vault contract for a, like a claim or a primary sale, the gas was so insanely well optimized that I was blown away. So, yeah, the only ahead. exception there was uh, how they fucked up the Adidas drop. But yeah. Did they? Oh, they they messed up that the, mutants couldn't clear. Yeah, they, they had to pause it. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, everyone makes some, like, it's pretty common to make some sort of error, but you are correct. Like, broadly speaking, they've done a great job on the technical side. So, yeah, you are, you are correct about that. But there's at least been one error. I just want to be, the only reason I, I felt the need to even uh, mention that was that, like, a, a lot of people don't appreciate like the error that there's always errors that happen with drops or it's pretty common and the cost of it is quite expensive. We had one with ours, but I've seen other legitimate teams just, uh, you know, have a bug in the contract, but there's like a, a scaling sliding scale of errors, a full blown bug in the contract causing redeploy is the worst. Uh, that's the one that I made. Uh, and then uh, the, the next level of that is just like, you know, tiny errors like the one that they had, um, which required some modifications. But, um, it, you know, the, the, the main thing, if you think about uh, CryptoPunks, they had an error. That's why uh, CryptoPunks V1 versus V2 uh, exists. So, yeah, I, I just like to normalize the errors uh, for the from the standpoint of uh, giving some leeway to uh, engineers out there. Absolutely. Eddie, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Sorry, my uh, mic was dead for a sec. A again, I just wanted to get back and uh, touch on Node's point. Um, I wanted to tell him that he, he, it's not that much of a contrarian point. Um, in this time when I'm looking at, like, I like to keep my ear to the ground on a lot of newer projects. And there's really just nothing that has me super, super intrigued. So I, I tend to look at some more of the bluer chips and Azuki, like he said, has been just absolutely impeccable with every single... Like, they've been flawless. Apart from the Zagabon stuff, um, their, their execution has been perfect. 
The only other project is, again, like I really still, obviously with the Moonbird on my shoulder, think that they've done a really good job with execution. And what Kix was getting at at the very beginning of the show, um, I think is really important as well. The idea that, um, especially with oddities and with the the merch nesting rewards, people seem to be forgetting that this these are all like bonuses. This is not the core roadmap of the Moonbirds. The core the core roadmap is what appears to be Ravens and High Rise, which are coming along later this year and into the next, I believe. But like these are just bonus things that are that are being delivered and the execution or whatever on those, while good. Um, if people don't like them, like these are just again extra stuff along the way. So I don't know. Uh, some of the some of the dissenting thoughts, while I think are fair, aren't taking into account that like this is again just extras. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, on this show we are definitely aware of the fact that Moonbirds is a top five project. So I I don't think that the narrative of the NFT space right now is like, yo, Moonbirds suck. Like, absolutely not. Like, the floor is down though, which it actually makes it pretty attractive for a potential buy. It, it was like living above twenty five ETH. People just wouldn't sell the fucking things, and now it's at twenty two ETH. So it actually becomes pretty interesting for me. Uh, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if this is your first time listening, this is the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We talk all things NFT market. A little reset right here. We're sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. If you sign up with our code and spend over $200 on cryptocurrency on FTX, which, by the way, has some of the cheapest prices, if not the cheapest, to buy crypto like Ethereum and Bitcoin, uh, then if you spend over 200 bucks you will get a $20 bonus. They're also adding fractional share stock trading to the platform. So if you want to just average in on these the, the perceived dips that we're probably going to get in the stock market, you can be all over it right on FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried's out here bailing out crypto companies because they're all illiquid. Sam Bankman-Fried's moving and shaking in Washington. That's the type of platform I want to be on. You already know, up and coming rising stars anyway we're gonna go here for another 30 minutes if you have something that you want to talk about in the nft space that is not a shill of the project that you own or work for or a relentless bag pump if you actually want to make some quality content and have a good discussion like you were on cnbc or espn pop on stage and we will let you up and have you join the conversation but keeping things going we got to talk about some of the other projects that are emerging here. You know, we we touched on the potatoes. I don't know if people think that potatoes here are at point fifty four are a buy. Quad was opinionated on them yesterday. Uh, bullish on meme land, right? Quad, Quad, you bought a couple of these, right? You're you're probably underwater on them. Am, am I correct about that? Yep, yep. I I own three of them. Uh, you know, I I think the reveal is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, you're almost. Always expect a post-reveal drop, uh, so so we'll see. But I obviously a rare could lead to some good stuff, and then obviously what I'm waiting to see on this project is what type of access into meme land does owning a potatoes get you? Uh, I think that is the the biggest uh, upside to potatoes would be access to to the meme land drop. Um, also, we still don't know when that meme land is 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 actually going to launch. Yeah, when there's uh, allow list privilege for a free mint, it makes it, in my opinion, really hard for the floor to stay up there because everybody that got it for free is just like, 
you know, woohoo, free money. I mean, you see it in the NFT space all over the place. Uh, Node, what's going on? Yeah, this is a, a kind of switching subjects. I have a question for the king uh, on on NFT worlds. I so I, I mean, I didn't I, I never really followed him much. And then obviously we had the, the whole like Minecraft uh, debacle, but they're already back up to like a one point three ETH floor, I think. Like what is what is the bullish case on NFT worlds? Uh, like how, how would you have confidence in wanting to buy this project if they were building upon Minecraft's world? And now they can't or we're not sure, I guess. Like, what what are people buying it for? Yeah, I think some people are just trying to, you know, flip them uh, and think that they can go back up. But I based on what they laid out as their like options, I think that like it's fairly priced here, if not a little overvalued. Like you got to think if like you owned a stock and their core business just immediately went to zero and they're like, we have three pants like, you know, we have three ways to pivot this company. Like, yeah, it should be down about 70, 80%. Like, I'd be really surprised if these like move up to three ETH. Uh, you know, Jonah touched on the three options, but basically option one was they acquire or just build a Minecraft clone. Um, option two uh, was that they like turn into like a game as a service company and basically like financialize the tech that they've built. And then like option three was like, I don't know, asking Minecraft if they can make an exception, which I don't think is going to happen. So yeah, they're in a tough situation. So I definitely wouldn't be buying these at 1.3. I think buying them at like 0.5 when they were almost like 90% down, like, you know, it's not a bad, like, you know, flyer bet, but yeah, I think it's I think it's just people swing trading it at this point. There's the, with the different the different founders of uh, of the different projects that have been affected by this are also in communication. Potentially, there's discussion about coordination amongst all of them to 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 solve this together. Um, I know Genesis Critters, run by Emerson Shea, who in my view is one of the most brilliant devs in Web three. Um, you know, has been discussing this, so that's another solution where they all come together to build kind of a, a separate world. Yeah, but like that's that's a big that's a big thing to do to try to build like a like a Minecraft clone. That's not like a <clears throat> that's not like a six month project. Uh, if you're doing it yourself, uh, it's probably two years if you're doing it yourself. So then you're basically like delaying all of World's progression in the subsidiary projects for two years until they get it. I think personally, their best move would be to pool money and try to acquire a Minecraft clone. And then like build on top of it, um, but we'll see what they do. Yeah, definitely, definitely a shitty situation. I hope it works out. Yeah, when we interviewed ArcDev, he had mentioned that he had three or four exits to tech companies in the past decade, uh, and he was really you know on the ball. Obviously, this is an incredibly tough situation to be in, but I think people do have general bullishness on him as a leader and a founder in the project. Also, Quad, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Well, well, that's exactly what I would, what I was about to say is. Whenever I see NFT worlds on on Twitter, the number one thing that I see about it is they're bullish on the the devs and the people running that project. That just they, they just they love Mark, uh, Mark Dev, and and it's just it 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 seems like that's one of the main anchors of the project. So if you are buying this for long term, you're really just kind of betting on him at this point. Yeah, for sure. 
so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That's a, basically a top five, like, metaverse land, or was a top five metaverse land entity in the NFT space, you know, with the others being Sandbox, Decentraland, um, you know, Other Deed. Uh, I want to sh- call, make one call out. Obviously, I'm, a, I'm an owner of a bunch of these NFTs, so people are going to say that I'm biased. But Micah Johnson, uh, you know, from Aku, the Moon God series, Akutars, posted a video of, like, a mega Aku flying around in the metaverse that looked like it was as far along as um as far along as like other deeds so that that went under the radar but after that time magazine cover you're seeing a little bit of action there for sure i want to switch gears here so we've been covering more of the crypto technicals right we've been covering ethereum technicals bitcoin technicals a little bit of ape ApeCoin technicals as well because the action in the nft space while it still is pretty fucking active especially for a quote-unquote bear market the, it, it, we haven't seen the same amount of action that we were seeing before i think it's it's pretty safe to say that um and you know guys like nick have been hitting dingers left and right uh also getting wrecked from time to time but you know hitting dingers making as much money as people that work in like the risk management departments of banks are making just uh pressing buttons on the computer a little bit every uh every few days what do we make of where we're at you know we had the you know marin altman uh who a lot of people are basically basing their entire trading strategy on uh report that we're good through the 28th i noticed that she implied that we were going to get rejected as we were trying to move up this morning. So, uh, Nick, w- what are you seeing in the technicals? I see King Kicks just left. Would have loved to have him uh, talk about what he's thinking. But, Nick, from a technical perspective, what are you thinking? <clears throat> you know, I've been thinking a lot and uh, making – I've just been getting chopped up here. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I keep being thrown off simply because the levels that I've been using are not being respected. It's not being respected the way that I usually, that I've been telling this market. I say, yo market, respect this level that I wrote, that I drew on a line on a chart. And and then the market is just like, not fuck yo levels. And that's what it's been, uh, I've been experiencing personally as of recently. And uh, it's been causing me immense duress. I end up making a good trade, then I make a bad trade. Then I make a good trade, then I take a bad trade. Uh, Right now, uh, we were seeing a second run up there this morning we had a eth pumping just pump pump pumping uh and now it said uh it hit hit 1640 it's back down to 1590 uh it got rejected marin's are you serious she said it was getting rejected like this play by play based on the stars and the moons is getting absolutely ludicrous um i'm going to read you her tweet so this is marin altman the uh you know the crypto uh psychic or whatever she said friday astrologist she's uh, she's not a psychic yeah astrologist psychic has much different connotations (laughs) (laughs) she's using a crystal ball and looking into it as well and she's looking and she's like yes yes i see the yeah my dear my dear traders they are going to be their lives are about to be wrecked yes yes wreck their lives yes destroy their their portfolio destroy their portfolio and then that's what goes down and then she sits there and it, with darkness hanging behind her with a with a with a hoodie over her a black hoodie hanging over and she's you can barely see her eyes is because she's bent over looking at the crystal ball seeing my portfolio and saying oh, nick keeps following me wreck him wreck him destroy the portfolio and that's what's been happening right now um so 
I keep buying, then I get wrecked. Then I keep buying, then I get wrecked. Then it's like, it's just outrageous. You know, I go up, I go down. Yeah, I mean, look, well, so first of all, I actually picture all the things you just communicated is what I picture when I think of Marin. And obviously, look, I'm going to read this tweet. This is for fun. But at the same time, like she has caught the attention of like some of the biggest on-chain analysts in the game because she called like a major Bitcoin correction to the day, like four months before or something like that, like kind of some ridiculous shit. Uh, some big time investors that I know have told me that in their groups, you know, they post her tweets as a joke but, because because she's like sketchily correct. Nick, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, this one, this, are you talking about the Friday Taurus moon square Saturn? Yeah, Taurus moon square Saturn. Uh, well, you need so, you need to read it in a, in a voice though. If you're going to do it, then, you're going to be like, uh, <laughs> I mean, who do I have on stage with me? I have a brilliant performer. Would no, you like I, to... No. Okay. I, oh, okay. No. I mean, I'll I'll give it a go. But it's give it just a go. We need some. Well, hold on. We need a little by. sound we, effect we, we, for a we minute, need, right? We need some like uh, psychic, uh, psychic music or something like that. Uh, I don't know what that would be. What is well, psychic? I'll give music? you two seconds. I'm going to throw to Manny. Manny, I don't believe you've ever spoken on this show before. Obviously, we know you well. You're a portal holder. You are a regular on EZ's Solana show, which happens Monday through Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is quickly emerging as a top two Solana program and a top five overall NFT program in the space. Uh, but Manny, what is on your mind, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me up, Pio. Yeah, the biggest thing I think about is just macro zooming out. We're going to get a lot of chop. Like, I think we'll break 1775, 1780, and then we'll That's go straight back down. That's a big thing to do. Down. That's a big yeah. thing to do. Yeah, and then you should sell there because we're going to straight to Goblin Town, right? Like, if we zoom out on the macro of the year 23 we haven't seen credit like the credit defaults hit yet right like people who are over levered on their credit cards because things are super expensive and then they can't start like affording all of those things so once i start to see those start to peak then that's when i know shit's going to get ugly but i think we're there's a lot of money to be made you know there's going to be a lot of swings a lot of ups a lot of downs i think you just need to trust your levels that you're going to be trading on and then that's it what do you like better here, Bitcoin or Ethereum? Personally, I think I like Bitcoin a little bit more uh, just because I think I can play the levels there a little bit better. But um, that's just kind of it. Just because I think about Ethereum being coupled with all the tech stocks and I just think of the BTC being more towards like the whole macro SPX. Okay. And one more question. You're very active on the Solana NFT side. What do you think of the Solana token? I think, well, it's just like it's, uh, I think it's like a Bitcoin derivative, right? It like trades like a leveraged uh, Bitcoin thing. Like it'll, if Bitcoin goes up, it'll slightly go up. But if Bitcoin goes down, this will go like 2x down, right? So depending on whatever percentage, that's just the way I kind of look at it. Absolutely. Appreciate your perspective. Come back anytime. So we got, oh, oh Nick, you ready? Well, am I ready? <laughs> well, you, you were grabbing a little... I mean, what, what are you talking about, <laughs> my pretties? <laughs> yes, oh, my pretties. <laughs> I see all of my traders out there managing their portfolio. The Taurus moon square Saturn. So if there's something we hope for, yes, we're likely coldly rejected. Sextile to Neptune. I like, the, I like that word. Does mean we see a silver lining, my dears, my pretties. 
in the letdown at least, Leo season also begins. A much more enthusiastic energy to emerge over the next month. Yes, yes, we will go in a direction. Both directions were mentioned during this space and it makes it very complicated to decode what Marin means. <laughs> but it's very clear to me that she means that it will go in a direction. Uh, in all seriousness, I have no fucking clue. And let me tell you, finding some like scary music or whatever uh, is just very difficult with that. Uh, you need a full time. That was perfect. On that. That, yeah, was you, like, you, that was good background music. I'm there oh, you go. fucking you fucking nailed it. I was hoping you'd stay in character. I know when you break character, it's very hard to like, you know, go back. Like you're the type of guy that on set, okay. even, at, even at the craft services table, you're in character and you're making people tell, you know, call you by the character's name. Uh, but but in the future, that'd be pretty cool to definitely keep that going. That's a nice new little bit. So we got Sasha Tang on stage. I don't believe. Wait, hold Sasha on. Hold on. We need to at least like decode. We just read the tweet we didn't wrap up the meaning of this though like i just read it what does it mean so it says we're coldly rejected does mean we see a silver lining in the letdown what's the silver lining in the letdown like what what does that mean does that mean that basically that she says there's a more enthusiastic energy to emerge over the next month does that mean that we start seeing so so much what happened to the dump i thought there was supposed to be a dump that happened on the 28th Enthusiastic energy means an increase in volume, potentially. But the big thing here, Nick, is you don't fade the stars. It's pretty, pretty, it's understandable, man. If you're an astrology supporter and believer, this all makes perfect sense. But what are they saying? Get, tell me yes. the meaning. Exactly. No, just tell me, <laughs> tell me the trade, easy. No, you're, I you're, need yeah, it. you're getting it. It's starting to make sense, I can tell, but you, okay. you got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. No one's willing to stick their neck out and actually specify what it is. Like, she's stopped doing at this point. Uh, she's now getting more ambiguous with her, well, like, description of it. She does the once a month, it. right at the start, exactly what they outlined. Still says dump to the 28th. We'll get another one probably, like, August 3rd to 5th where she'll throw out the outline for August. You don't fade the moon, Nick. You don't do it. It's uh, true. So, so where are we? So, what's your trade, Easy? So, how about you share? I'm not where... touching it here. It's chopping. I expect a decline into the 28th. As soon as volume ramps at the start of August, we go long. We go long. We go long. There we go. Okay, I like that. So we're still holding to the 28th. You know, yes. your boy made the mistake of selling, then buying back in. And for, I mean, fortunately, it's worked out. But I, I man, the problem is, is that once you get down, you got to be careful about tracking those lower time frames because they'll throw you way off your balance. You can't allow those lower time frames to uh, push you around. But you're and still that, doing okay, right? You bought back in? Yeah, did you switch mics there? What's going on? Yeah, uh, host for a sec. <laughs> did you just say the, did you say like the private words out loud? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm like busy doing something else at the moment. Pio is now uh, my, sitting on the toilet. He, well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, we we, we we like to we like to rotate that. Okay, he's hey, thanks. Should we just hear you pee? Like, what's going on? Nah, uh, in, nah. Okay, thanks. Uh, in terms of the trade, I did make money, but only like a couple thousand dollars. Poor me. Um, but now I'm back up another uh, an, again, uh, another couple thousand. But the real lesson learned here was just like buy it for cheap and hold. Um, ben. What has been your, because you were talking about this the other day, you were like, dude, you can make this much more simple. 
How, how is your, where are you at now? What was the specific question, Nick? Kind of got <laughs> the host like, of the with, year, like, Nifty no, Nick. Like, no, like with your trade. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry, Pio, you take it from here. Go ahead. No, please, you take just, it, sir. I apologize. No, I'd be happy to name. answer. I just didn't hear the question. The, the, the question was about where you're at with your trades at this point with ETH. Oh, I mean, well, I, I've kind of been waiting for it to come back down a little bit. I thought it, it was going to be facing resistance and things are just, you know, going through the roof right now. But uh, I have I have buys on ETH um, starting around like 1450 going all the way down to 1050, like every hundred dollars or so. So I'm looking to continue DCAing DCA in. And if, if we do get closer to 2000, that's when I'm going to start looking to offload a little bit of, of what I've purchased recently. But um, I, I did buy Ape a couple of days ago. Um, Kix mentioned it in the chat around the same time. Um, we, we both bought in like a, around $6, a little under. Um, and, and my plan there is looking around like eight-ish dollars or so. Um, but I, I think I think we, and, and this is not financial advice, it's just like my my uh, read on the situation. I think um, through the, the summer, we're going to keep grinding down a little bit more back to the to fill the gaps on these recent launches and then moving closer to the, the uh, congressional midterms and the um, Ethereum um, merge happening. That's when I expect to become a lot more bullish, but I mean, on the way up, I've been selling pieces on the way down. I've been DCAing in and trying to, to scalp basically as uh, like income, you know, and it's been working really well trading the ranges that we've been seeing. My guy, Ben always on it practical approach gotta love it uh that was fucking awesome and and that's yeah, the type of host response i'm looking for po so i really appreciate <laughs> you doing that thank you for being just an all-star <laughs> i was just teasing you buddy come on now i can i can hit you with a little dig just a little dig little poke so we got sasha tang on stage i don't believe we've had sasha on the show before it says that you are an nft collector analyst crypto trader and a, retri a retired market maker software developer very interesting background you also have a cats on crack as your pfp which is one of the most notable projects on solana in the solana nft ecosystem what is going on amigo What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. So just wanted to, like, say two cents of mine, if I can. So, like, my specialty is actually to uh, project FIBs in the future. That actually means, uh, I know everybody knows FIBs, and everybody thinks uh, you just draw from the top to bottom or bottom to top, but F actually... Fib, FIBs mean in Fibonacci's? Fibonacci's in a level, yeah, but uh, it's a bit differently. Something I did in the past, as I said, uh, as it says that I... Uh, worked as a software developer for a quant firm, and we did some other uh, kind of algos. The stuff I did, the last that uh, get me retired, is this algo that can uh, predict very accurately whether the bots and algo are going to sell or buy, and like uh, really get on it. So like, there's actually important stuff. It's not traditional fibs. You can see maybe on whatever chart on my feed, I use actually. Uh, 6618, 9, 618, 12, and stuff like that. They're totally different from normal FIBs, but you can actually see where the prices are uh, going up or down. So, so, okay, so, 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 so like, what? Yeah. Let, let us know. What what are you seeing? I feel like you're kind of trying well, to sell my, a my idea, right now. 
No, no, no. Uh, like uh, you can see on my Twitter, I don't sell anything. I don't care about that. Everybody that can uh, predict feature for three hundred bucks uh, a month, it's uh, like uh, nobody. I'm also nobody, but like when somebody like I'm the best trader, and I uh, buy my course for three thousand or three hundred. Sasha, bucks. Sasha, wait, wait, wait. what's your prediction with the crypto markets in relation to what we're so, talking about? So, uh, if we go to probably uh, going to touch and uh, close our gap on Bitcoin. Uh, my 9, FIB, 9, 6, 1, 8 and fell are on two best and uh, most important level on Bitcoins that uh, 28,000 If we go there, that's for me, non-financial advice, but that's hard sell because uh, probably we're going to go for S&P and other markets to test Corona dump. Uh, first time and we just pumped uh, new money and we're going to uh, test that if S&P goes 60% down imagine what's going to happen to the Bitcoin and other stuff so my idea for Ethereum uh, I am not going out from crypto but this yang only I don't know below 700 on Ethereum and like below 16,000 16, on, on Bitcoin that's my idea so after this 32k I think uh, show is done for this year and we are accumulating till next cycle. That's that's my my idea. So you're predicting a run up on Bitcoin to 32k. Is that correct? No, no. That's that's maximum. If that happens, that for me again non financial advice. But that's like I'm going to sell everything there for this market cycle. I like I'm going to accumulate again as like did the last time in 2018. But uh, I think that's. Even if we go there, I don't think so. Personally, I think we are going to reach to fill the gap and just go down. But I can be wrong. Everybody can be wrong. So if we go... Yeah, let, let's just uh, hedge every single fucking direction, shall we? Like, so <laughs> if we go down, then we go down. If we go up, we go up. Like, no, no, I don't understand. That's sell 28 or 32. I can't be like... Uh, it's not exact science, you know? So my uh, my idea for top Bitcoin was 63k. I was wrong. Sorry, kill me. But I start selling on 63k, and to be honest, it was great. So like, uh, <laughs> that's that's my point. You know, it's it's not exact science, but when you do it properly and you do it uh, uh, a few profit targets and uh, just buying it back back, but again, I think we are going much lower than than uh, we saw, saw the last dump. So. That's my idea for the, okay. for the end of the year. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, we got Node on stage. Node, what's popping? Can I get a little breaking news? Oh. Okay, I guess not. Thank I you, guess Nick. Nick, Nick, we thank need you, that Nick. breaking news. I, I, was wait, I was just waiting. Where is it? My bad. Sorry. Caught me sleeping there. Here we are. Three Arrows hey, founders. Breaking news. Blah, Three blah, Arrows blah, Capital. Blah, blah. blah. Three Arrows Capital break silence over the collapse of their crypto hedge fund. Zoo Davies say losses sparked by fund collapse. Regrettable. Uh, they, they just did My it. My bad. Uh, they did it. They did it. They, they, they have a, a, new, a new article just came out on Bloomberg. And uh, so they, they did a whole they did a whole interview with them. And it's like, yeah, one of the things is like, yes, it's regrettable. Many people lost a lot of money. Uh, moving on. Take your money. I'm throwing away. <laughs> My name is 3AC, and I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> your money's fucking go. 
damn pocket. Come and take it from me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Wow. Well, I feel like that's exactly the song that Three Arrows Capital, Capital Founders would have written themselves. In fact, they may have written it and gotten in touch with Nick for him to perform it. Um, that is, I mean, look, when you're talking about egg on your face, I actually think that Three Arrows Capital is the most egg on their face. Because when you think about Celsius, that was basically a scam. It was like a legitimate Ponzi scheme. And I don't think people were looking at uh, Mashinsky, Alex Mashinsky, as you know, this like crypto genius or whatever, people looked at Suzu as a legitimate thought leader, like a real, you know, person to turn to with big brain ideas, not only about like trading, but actually about what the future of crypto realistically looks like for humans, right? So you're literally thinking about like a thought leader like that. And then it turns out they ran the thing like a goddamn, you know, NFT degen and the amount, just the amount of leverage that's the craziest part. Um, I was also I was listening to Up Only, and one thing that they were really pointing out is: Do these funds that were lending money, you know, these institutions lending money to Three Arrows Capital, do they not have any sort of risk management team? Like in the TradFi world, to lend out like three thousand bucks, you got like a team of risk management people, you know, laying the hammer down, just trying to figure out if the person is a qualified borrower, and yet they were lending literally billions institutions were lending billions to three arrows capital and like the percentage of total capital under management for three arrows or to total assets under management for three arrows was like not that much more than what they were borrowing it was like this ridiculous percentage i don't know it was fucking crazy uh yeah no, you, yeah uh, yeah i was gonna say it just goes to show like i mean the just the wild perceptions that come about right so i i actually do i have a i have a good friend that works for a uh, a, a big fund like and they they uh got they, they got hit up by 3ac that wanted they, they wanted to you know uh borrow money from this fund and the fund was like okay cool like will you show us this this and this and this and they showed it they like gave them a little bit of info and then they uh the, the fund came back to them and said like hey this isn't enough can you please you know give us everything that we asked for and they wouldn't do it and so the fund was like yeah sorry we're not lending you any money and now they're looking like geniuses when, in fact, like that's just normal procedure. Uh, but so many people just took it on their word. Um, and it's this 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 article is just kind of funny. Like they're still in hiding. Um, and Davies just he literally just said the whole situation is regrettable. Many people lost a lot of money. Like that's like one of his big quotes, um, which is kind of wild. So it it's like. I don't know, man, like you can't, uh, you know, you can't put people on a pedestal too much. Not even not even our, our 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 king kicks, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm putting SBF on a pretty big pedestal, so hopefully he doesn't fuck anything. Dude, up. I'm, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm like, where'd all this money come from? You know what I mean? Like uh, the only person I put on a pedestal is going to come on this show in a, in a week or two. His name's DC Investor. He's untouchable. If he goes, I go. If oh look, if he comes on the show, I'm gonna kiss you, Node. No joke. Uh, we got NFT God on stage, the largest individual holder of the Nifty Portal NFT. NFT God, what's on your mind? Yeah, first of all, apologies if there's a lot of background noise. I'm, I'm walking around outside Brooklyn right now, but I just wanted to quickly come on stage. I want to make a counterpoint because I feel like not many people make counterpoints to people like Sasha. If you're in the audience, please do not take Sasha's advice on how to trade uh, using advanced TA like. Fibonacci lines and sequences, it's all snake oil. And you're going up against the best, like, quaint traders at Goldman Sachs or using algorithms that'll take all your money. 
Uh, so just a quick disclaimer, please don't listen to people who go on crypto stages and talk about advanced levels and Fibonacci lines and sequences like that because they, they don't work and you're going against competition that's going to take all your money. So I don't feel like enough people talk about how much that's all snake oil, but uh, I just want to come up here and say because it kind of bugs me when people talk like that. So oh, we're going on, on the big MACD. Where's oh. Mac Daddy King Kicks at? Yeah, wow. the MACD is a, is a pretty simple one. But when you start getting – I saw some, like, butterfly shit where there's, like, random numbers and angles and all sorts of things. And I'm just like, what the hell – what are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page here. A NFT yeah. God, though, telling it like it is. That was spicy. Yeah, I, I don't mean to uh, piss people off on a nice sunny Friday morning, but uh... – Please don't follow trade these types of snake oil salesmen. They'll try to sell you a three hundred dollar course on YouTube to talk about a Fibonacci sequences. So just what about point. NFT astrologists, God? How, how that do you feel I about follow that? Completely, I believe that's a hundred percent legit. I am a Gemini. <laughs> I will trade completely based on you know Gemini signs and where Mercury stands. So please follow that. Well, NFT God firing shots. The person he was firing shots at left the stage. You, you, you offended him, NFT God. Uh, look, that can happen sometimes when people, you know, people, uh, when they speak their minds, people can get pissed off. Um, thanks for joining as usual, NFT God. Look, that's our show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. I got Tornado on stage. I always, he raised his hand. Yeah, Tornado, I know I brought you on stage for a reason. It's fucking Friday. You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, Tornado's going to send us off. He's uh, one of the, the most valuable members of the Portal community, spreading the love of the Portal, giving away portals, running his own community spaces, always bringing positivity, coming to our live events, all that shit. I let him on stage once, twice a week just to send it. We can't let him on more than that because you can't have tornadoes every day. They cause mass destruction, even if they're gentle. Tornado, take us away, man. Listen, baby, we're riding. Fucking great intro, Keo. Yes, I raised my hand because fuck it. I ain't better than nobody else. Nick, coming in with the fucking Broadway. Let's go. Nobody else is doing this shit. Oh, wait, we got Node on the fucking mic. That dude's from Utah, but he's spitting fire. Holy shit. Throw some fucking hearts up for my guy. Easy. He's full-time Web3. He's a fucking legend. We're out here so fucking hard. NFA, buy a fucking portal. You can see me in the streets, dog, because I'm still Tornado, and I'm still gentle as ever, and I fucking love you all. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you guys next week.